I'm Emory Hunt, and welcome to HBCU Kickoff. First of all, you guys can follow us along on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. We're also on Instagram, Football Game Plan. Our Vine handle is Football Game Plan, where we do a lot of X's and O breakdowns, a lot of whiteboard breakdowns on our Vine. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page, and our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash football game plan. And you can find this podcast archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And welcome back to another HBCU college football season. And just when we thought it was all over, it's back around and we're ready to kick it off. And just to inform you guys about the HBCU kickoff, we'll provide you weekly coverage of the HBCUs from game previews, pro prospects to watch, all of the news, notes, and tidbits coming from the MEAC, SWAC, CIAA, the SIAC, and the HBCU Independents. And now that that's said, let's get into some news, notes, and tidbits. And since it's week one, let's just address the new head coaches at the HBCUs. Brian Jenkins is the new head coach. Brian Jenkins is the new head coach at Alabama State. Albany State introduces Dan Land as their head guy. Benedict introduces James Mike White as the head coach. Terry Sims takes over for Brian Jenkins at Bethune-Cookman. Kevin Ramsey, who is a defensive coordinator at Alabama State, takes over at Clark Atlanta, outstanding football coach there. Delaware State introduces Kenneth Carter. Alex Wood takes over for Earl Holmes, who was a FAMU lifer at Florida A&M. Johnson C. Smith brings in Kermit Blunt to be the head guy. Lane introduces Derek Burroughs. Latrell Scott takes over at Norfolk State after leaving Virginia State. And Prairie View A&M introduces Willie Simmons. And St. Augustine brings in Michael Moran. And Bryant Thwett is the new head coach at Virginia State. And he's some great coaches, by the way. And there was a lot of interchanging going on. You have James Mike White going from Albany State to Benedict. You have Brian Jenkins going from Bethune-Cookman over to Alabama State. And you also have Latrell Scott going from Virginia State up to Norfolk State. But there are some great coaches, like I said before. And I think who has the toughest job out of the new coaches, I think instantly I look at Alex Wood going to Florida A&M because he's replacing a guy that was a legend at FAMU in Earl Holmes. Now, Wood is going to be a great coach, don't get me wrong, but it's tough to go behind someone that's a legend. That's almost saying whoever replaces Buddy Pugh after Buddy Pugh is going to have a tough job. But I think Alex Wood at Florida A&M has a very tough job replacing a guy like Earl Holmes and what he meant to that program. Now, who's in the best position to win right now as a new head coach? To me, that's easy. I look at Alabama State's head coach, Brian Jenkins. I think Alabama State is a very talented football team. He's a great coach. You saw what he was able to do at Bethune-Cookman. He turned that football program into an FCS powerhouse. They were able to recruit. They put a fence around that Florida area. I think he's going to do the same thing at Alabama State, and I think their team has a lot of talent already in place. They got a great, a great guy in Jenkins to come in, hone that talent, and get them headed in the right direction. So I think he has a great chance to start off very high. Also, like I said before, Kevin Ramsey is a good coach, and I think going to Clark Atlanta gives him a chance to really put his imprint on a program. He was a tough-minded defensive coach for Alabama State, and I think he'll bring the same type of mentality to the Panthers program and turn that program around and make Clark Atlanta one of those powerhouses at the Division II level amongst the HBCUs. I think this was a great hire. I think he's going to do a great job in year one for the Panthers. And we're going to take a short break and come back talking about the Celebration Bowl and going around the HBCU Week 1 landscape.
But first, here's a commercial about our latest book release, What Did Football Teach Me? For me, I think the biggest thing that football taught me was how to overcome adversity. At some point in your life, you're going to have some tough times. You have to have that next play mentality. That cohesiveness and that working together, that's really something special that you can't get in a lot of other areas. When you practice that and you live that in other phases of your life, it, it, it becomes second nature because all you know how to do is fight. But it's not an easy game. If it were easy, everyone would do it. You start to appreciate the, the smaller contributions that people make. You don't just look at the big one because you knew it took six or seven other guys who are unsung. And, uh, you know, you, you can't take shortcuts and be successful. Doing what they do to make it possible for the guy getting the press clippings or whatever it might be. In this game, whether it's as a coach or a player. So um, I would certainly say that, um, you know, you definitely got uh, a very quick lesson on how to overcome adversity playing football. And welcome back to the HBCU kickoff. I'm Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook. And you can pick up your copy of What Did Football Teach Me on our website at footballgameplan.com slash books. Now let's jump right into the Celebration Bowl, and this is a new bowl that's been created that will air on ESPN December 19th, 2015 in the Georgia Dome between the MEAC champion and the SWAC champion. Now a lot of people didn't like this bowl game, but I think this will be a great idea for both conferences. You have the champion of the MEAC and the champion of the SWAC playing for, let's say, FCS supremacy, who's the best HBCU in the FCS. Now, a lot of people will say, okay, that kind of narrows the, the the scope of these two conferences and of this, this HBCU level brand of uh, football. But overall, I think it's a good thing. You get $2 million payout, a million to each conference in which they divvy up that between the squads. And also, it doesn't mean the MEAC can't still compete in the FCS playoffs. We saw this last year. The MEAC was very strong. They got three teams in the FCS playoffs. So let's say that situation happens again where you have three teams that are very good uh, in one conference. The MEAC will send their champion to the Celebration Bowl, get that showcase game, and they will send their best, their second-best team, which will probably have 10 wins or so or nine wins or so to the FCS playoffs. It's the best of both worlds. I actually believe the SWAC should do that as well. I wish the SWAC competed in the FCS playoffs. Maybe they will change their mind now that they're part of the Celebration Bowl to get some guarantees of, of money, and that may open up a way for them to have that team go and represent the SWAC in the playoffs. Cause I do think both team, both conferences will have multiple teams that are really good this year. Like I said before, this is a great year at the HBCU level for football. And also when you look at the bowl game itself, it's a showcase game. This will be the first bowl game that kicks off the bowl season. So not only will it, you know, you, you could have the possibility of getting both teams uh, more teams in the, the postseason. A lot of people that's itching for bowl season to kick off will watch the Celebration Bowl first. So it's a great way to kick this bowl season off this year. And that's kicking off the FBS bowl season. People will want to watch the Celebration Bowl in the midst of watching the FCS playoffs. So you can kill two birds with one stone. You may have a MEAC representative that's still in the FCS playoffs, while also a MAC, a MEAC you know, champion playing in a Celebration Bowl. So I think this is a great thing all the way around. It's year one. Let's not you know, condemn it already. Let it play out. I know people will bring up the Heritage Bowl or bring up the Pelican Bowl. I think this one was a little bit more well thought out. Um, and it also is now in a situation where it's going to get showcased on ESPN, the main network, and not ESPN 5, ESPN 8, 
is going to be on ESPN kicking off the bowl season. So I think this is a great idea, a great concept, and I think it will do nothing but positive things from a recruiting standpoint, from a showcase standpoint for the HBCU and that HBCU brand. So this is a great idea. I'm excited to see it year one in Atlanta, December 19th. Now let's take a quick whip around the SWAC schedule this week. You look at Alcorn State traveling to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech, the 16-ranked team. In the so let's take a quick whip around the SWAC this week. You look at Alcorn State Thursday taking on Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. So let's take a quick whip around the SWAC to see what's on the schedule this week. You have Alcorn traveling to Georgia Tech, Grambling going to Cal, Southern going to Louisiana Tech. I think that's going to be a very entertaining game because those two teams are not that far apart from each other. Should be a great one to watch. Jackson State at Middle Tennessee State, I believe, should be another exciting game because I think their offense of Jackson State and that defense of Middle Tennessee would be a great test. I think it will be a fun game. That's one you should definitely check out. Alabama A&M at Cincinnati. Mississippi Valley State travels to New Mexico to take on the Lobos. But there's only one game on the SWAC conference schedule, and that's Prairie View taking on Texas Southern. And this should be a great game. Prairie View A&M must replace Jerry Lovelock, the quarterback, and it looks like Trey Green will get the nod. He has a good running back in Jonta Bear, who was a football game plan preseason All-American who went over 1,000 yards last year at 6.3 yards a carry. Now, defensively, their second level took a hit, just like TSU's secondary losing NFL draft pick Trey Walker, who now plays for the Baltimore Ravens. So it'll be interesting to see what TSU does offensively as there are some big-time holes to field at the skill positions. I like Prairie View in this ballgame. I think with Jonta A. Bear and company, they'll do a great job of knocking off Texas Southern. That game takes place 9 p.m. Eastern time at BBVA Compass Stadium in Houston. Now on Sunday, two interconference crossover games between the SWAC and the MEAC as Arkansas Pine Bluff and South Carolina State, as well as Alabama State and Tennessee State kickoff. Now in the first matchup, Arkansas Pine Bluff, you hope that they have solved their defensive problems as nine starters return from a defense that gave up 39 points a game. Now I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Now in the second game, new head coach Brian Jenkins' job is to help Alabama State finally break through. This is a team that has hovered around six to eight wins for the last five years, and if they want to take advantage of the talent that's on this roster, it starts this week versus Tennessee State. And we'll hop into a whip around of the MEAC as well once we return from this break, and here's a commercial from our second release this summer, Football, a love story. I love football. I, I cannot get enough of football. I, wa I watch it on every level. The emotional release. You know, whether it's an exciting play that gets you all jacked up and juiced, or whether it's the fact that you're able to pour everything you have. Whatever frustration you had that week, you can put into that first kickoff coverage, that first block that you have, whatever it might be. And, and I couldn't think of anything better to do uh, to fill that void that, that you have as a football player than, than to get into coaching. You get a chance to release a lot of emotion that you otherwise have no place to release. There's nothing else like that. Again, the relationships you build and, and the, thing, the people you're around and, and watching the guys compete, um, not just on the football field, but in life after they get done playing. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's an amazing game. And welcome back to the HBCU kickoff. I'm Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook. And again, you can find those books on our website, at footballgameplan.com slash books and place your order today. Get both copies in your hand, and they're great football reads for the football fan. Now let's take a quick whip around the MEAC. There's no conference games this week, but there are some good matchups nonetheless. You have Norfolk State taking on Rutgers. 
Morgan State travels out to Fort Collins to take on the Air Force Academy. That should be a great game. You got the option attack of Air Force. You have Herb Walker Jr. of Morgan State, the running back. Howard takes on Appalachian State. Savannah State also goes out to Colorado and takes on Colorado State. You have Bethune-Cookman traveling across state to take on Miami. Delaware State and Liberty is a big game, I believe. That that one has a lot of playoff implications very early in the season. And FAMU takes on South Florida. I think that game may be closer than what people think. I'm interested to see how FAMU opens his game. And South Florida has a tremendous tailback as well. There are also some good crossover games between the MEAC against the SIAC and the CIAA with Kentucky State taking on Hampton. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. San Augustine takes on North Carolina Central, who was really strong last year. Coach Jerry Mack does a great job with those Eagles. And Shaw takes on North Carolina A&T at Aggie Stadium in Greensboro, North Carolina. But going back to that South Carolina State and Arkansas Pine Buff game, I'll tell you what, South Carolina State may be the front runners for the Celebration Bowl bid. I mean, the Bulldogs look extremely strong this year. Defensive tackle Javon Hargrave is a legit NFL prospect and is one to watch in this ballgame. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year and be another one of those draftees like we saw last year with Rodney Gunther coming from Delaware State that gets drafted in the NFL. He's probably one of the better defensive tackles in the country. Moving over to the CIAA, no conference games here as well, but intriguing crossover battles with Cheney and Lincoln in the battle of the first, the Palmetto Capital City Classic between Benedict and Livingstone. You have Fayetteville State and Chawan kicking off at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. But there are a few games where the CIAA, I believe, has a chance to make a statement in week one. We know Winston-Salem State has been the class of the conference over the years, and they open up with a big game versus UNC Pembroke. Now, the Rams are always strong, and Pembroke does pose a threat. So it'll be an interesting game to watch. Bowie State and Merrimack is another one. I think Bowie State's defense looks real tough and is going against a, the passing game of Merrimack. I think that's going to be a great test. But the biggest statement, in my opinion, can be made by Virginia State as they battle perennial D2 power, California up in Pennsylvania. Now, if the Trojans are able to win this game, it goes a long way in helping them once the playoff selections come around. So that's a look at the CIAA and the MEAC, and we'll take a quick break and come back with the whip around of the SIAC and also get into some draft prospects that you want to watch out for this weekend. But first, here are the words of NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott and what the game means to him. Well, the game of football has taught me so many, so many things, man. Now, think about think about the huddle we have right now. Right? I tell people this all the time. There's a reason why they call it a huddle. You know, he, people have been huddling all their lives, trying to find ways to enhance each other's lives. The great teams, the great teams do that all the time. The great teams do that. The better the the better the huddle the better the team. And so it, it, it's simple, man, how if you huddle for all the right reasons, we wouldn't have Ferguson. We wouldn't have some of the challenges that we have in our society. But as we all know, there's always a moment when somebody doesn't belong in the huddle. And yet we have to continue to move on. we got to continue to play. So the game of life, man, is always surrounded, starting with the hub. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm lucky enough to know that, you know, by the graces of God, man, it's, it's been a it's been a nice huddle. It's been a nice huddle. And if I just keep making sure that he's in front of me, I'm gonna be all right.
And welcome back to the HBCU kickoff and jumping into the SIAC this week. One conference game on the schedule in Tuskegee and Clark Atlanta. And we talked about this earlier, how Kevin Ramsey is taking over at Clark Atlanta. And what a way to open up your Panther coaching tenure than with a game versus the very tough Tuskegee Tigers. And the Tigers are really strong where this game could ultimately be won. And that's on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I want you guys to keep an eye on offensive lineman Kelvin Shelton and defensive lineman Darian Hall. Both are preseason all-conference players with tremendous talent. Now, other games this week, you have Fort Valley State traveling to Cleveland, Mississippi to take on Delta State, the fighting okra. And Central State battles Alderson Brodus, which is a very good upstart program. Saw them last year versus Wagner out there in Staten Island. Lane plays Concordia Selma. West Alabama and Steelman kick off in the Tiger Bowl. And the Labor Day Classic between Miles and North Alabama is at Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern time at Legion Field in Birmingham. Morehouse plays Edward Waters. And here's one of those statement games that can be made by a new head coach as Albany State hosts the powerhouse Valdosta State Blazers. Now, the Blazers look strong once again, led by running back Cedric O'Neill, who I think is a legit pro prospect. And Albany State has one of those guys that they have to replace the talented quarterback Frank Rivers. And despite that, the Rams are still one of the favorites to come out of the SIAC this year. And if they want to further strengthen their playoff resume, then winning a game like this versus Valdosta State is very important. All right, now let's take a look at some of the HBCU draft prospects you want to keep an eye on this week. And we'll do these every episode, so I will only give you five this week to watch out for, starting with quarterback John Gibbs Jr. out of Alcorn State, who's on the Senior Bowl watch list. Now, Gibbs is 6'6", 220 pounds. He's a dual-threat guy, but what he'll have to show this game versus Georgia Tech is the ability to win consistently with his arm. This will be a great showcase game for him to put himself on the map versus an FBS opponent. Junior tailback Herb Walker Jr. is another player that can make a statement versus an FBS opponent as they play Air Force this week. And Walker ran for over 1,400 yards last season and is a shifty runner who's tough to hit. Now, if Morgan State has any shot of pulling off the upset, it'll come from the legs of number three. Nathan Lewis, the offensive lineman at Howard at 6'2", 290, has really good athleticism, and Howard moves their guards around a lot, so I'm excited to see if he can dominate versus Appalachian State. And two Boise State prospects to round out the list, defensive lineman Anthony McDaniel and defensive back Curtis Pumphrey. Now, I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that the Bulldogs' defense is strong once again, and it's because of these two players. Pumphrey is a two-time football game plan, Division II, all-American that has tremendous ball skills. So that's a look at the five pro prospects you want to keep an eye on this week, and we'll be back to wrap this thing up after a quick break. And welcome back to the HBCU kickoff. And before we wrap up this episode, we have to unveil our football game plan HBCU Top 10. This will also be a weekly thing that we'll do on the show, but also post it on our website at footballgameplan.com slash rankings. We'll start at number 10 and work our way up to build up the suspense. And at number 10 is the Jackson State Tigers. I think this is a dark horse squad to watch out for in the SWAC this year. I really like their offense. Quarterback Lamontez Ivy should have a sensational season. At number nine are the Southern Jaguars, and the Jags didn't lose much and returned the core of both their offense and defensive stars. Running back Leonard Tillery should once again lead the way. When we look at Winston-Salem, they check in at number eight. The Rams will go with the two-quarterback system early, but both quarterbacks, Justin Johnson and Rod Tinsley Jr., are very talented. 
Number seven is Alabama State linebacker Courtney Berry is a junior and is highly thought of by NFL folks. The six-feet, 215-pound backer has 16 TFLs last season and looks to lead the way for a very good Hornets defense into the season. North Carolina Central checks in at number six. The job that Jerry Mack has done at NCCU is impressive. The Eagles were 7-5 last year in his first season and are looking to break through in 2015. Albany State gets the nod. At number five, both defensive linemen Jack Nadem and Grover Stewart will help the Rams stay tight inside the red zone. At number four is North Carolina A&T, 56 lettermen return, 14 starters, and one of the most athletic running backs in college football in Tariq Cohen, whom some may know as the Vine superstar doing the backflips catching the football with both hands, but Cohen ran for over 1,300 yards last year at 6.8 yards a carry. And I have Tuskegee at number three. The Tigers stay strong along the offensive line and the defensive front seven. Both should carry them once again into this season. At number two is Alcorn State. I think the Braves are the most talented team in the SWAC. Their offense is explosive. Defensively, they'll be replacing some second-level talent. But overall, this still should be a solid season coming from the Braves. And at number one is South Carolina State. The Bulldogs, I believe, are the toughest squad in the HBCU this year. Head coach Buddy Pugh's squad looks tough as usual, and with the defense they put together, plus nine starters returning on offense, I think South Carolina State has a chance to flirt with an undefeated season. So that'll wrap things up on our first episode of the HBCU kickoff. Again, you can find this show archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And once we get the iTunes situation squared up, we can have this available on iTunes. But right now, you can find it on SoundCloud and on our website. Again, footballgameplan.com slash podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. On Instagram, footballgameplan. Vine, footballgameplan. And become a fan of our Facebook fan page at footballgameplan. So once again, I'm Emory hunt of The Playbook. And good luck to your respective teams this week in the HBCU. Thank mm-hmm. you.